Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Pick 6 podcast on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Timothy Michael McKernan, uh, producer Joe on the Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, phone lines, and G-Unit. And I'm telling you, everybody involved in this podcast is Banty. Now, I'm not Banty, but I'm essentially a representative of the weatherman. The weatherman is Banty. Producer Joe started the call and something that I'm going to have to to explain to my my 16 month old son because it was candidly it was offensive uh, and I and I oh. hope I hope Gangster Pete uh, will use the shears and edit that out otherwise we'll be dealing with some kind of litigation for what Joe uh, and I don't know who he was who's who he was directing uh, whose mouth he was directing toward his area. Uh, but it was it was it wasn't in the holiday spirit. It's probably the guy with him right now. Oh <laughs> my word! Oh, oh no! My oh, no. word! Oh my god! <laughs> 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 you do your own laugh track, except it's your your call. New Year, same unit. The name you uh, but but the unit is on a Sunday charger now. Honestly. I thought that the G unit went unless I'm oh you did go four and one. I'm looking at last week's five and one. Is that right? Nurse? Nancy? Four, four and one with a push. Four and one with a push. That's what Bullshit. I thought it was. Philly push Hold on a is second. what now, that what's, was. What's the what's the problem? This is this is this is time for bad beats. Who's who needs to sponsor bad beats on the podcast? We it, did I mean I, I that was a bad push. So I should have been oh I so I should have been uh didn't you weren't you lucky that one. they got it? To I help. lost the Kansas City. Yeah. Um the one yeah, pick I'm, you shared with Joe. You're right. It depends on what part of the game you are considering the lucky part. I mean, Philadelphia was beating the shit out of them, so I was unlucky for them to lose the lead, but then I was lucky to push the game at the end. Okay, so you're not necessarily pissing and moaning. Yeah, we'll just call it a wash. Okay, but you went 4-1 and one with that push, and you lost the Chiefs minus 2.5, which was something we discussed last week. Sucker bet. Well, it was just, it was just, it was, it was just bad, bad strategy. Because because you're left exposed to what happened on Saturday night with the Ravens and Chargers, even though clearly Kansas City was playing to win that game. I mean, it wasn't like they took guys right. out. They just their defense is so fucking bad. I mean, it is it is historically bad, and the writing has been on the wall for weeks and weeks. And and Joe and I are just like, oh yeah, Chiefs, they'll win in Seattle. What a stupid bet. Yeah, that uh, that that was your one loss. Producer Joe goes three and three, uh, losing. Memphis losing the one that G-Unit just spoke of, the Chiefs, and the lock, which the weatherman loved that you picked that because he just thought it was a terrible play. I was surprised by it as well. The Rams over on the Cardinals. And then the weatherman is Banty. Oh, hold on a second. It's t- here, here, we, here we go. Now, the, now, that, now this is going to be a great pick. This is the, the sponsorship that we need, the bad beat bitching segment of the podcast. What's the problem? Oh, listen. It didn't hit, but motherfucker, they scored like 31, 32 points in the first half. Like I was like on pace, and that's all you do with goddamn totals is you sit there like, oh, I'm on pace to cover after this quarter, on pace to cover after this quarter, on pace, to co- and after the first half, that looked like a very solid play. I understand. It was on pace to cover. I will tell you what the, what the weatherman said because he, for whatever reason, I don't know why, because because G Unit and you were essentially within like a game or two of each other now you're 52 and 47 g units 48 and 40 is that accurate by the way does that rep- represent that's what i have uh because i thought i thought g unit was i thought g unit was 49 and 47 according to my spreadsheet but i don't know what well, this is the same thing joe had yeah. okay all right good so whatever either way uh the weatherman uh said the reason why he thought that was a terrible play and this is before the game kicked off 
is he thought the Rams are so beat up that they're just going to try and get up and then just grind clock in the second half and get out of there because of their current health situation and lack of depth. So that was the thought process. Now, the weatherman is Banty because we started, and I say we, and I really have about 1% in this stock. Uh, but either way, we, quote-unquote, were 4-0 starting off with, uh, what was it? I don't even know what the first game was. Was it Wake maybe was the first game? Wake uh-huh. Forest yeah, was against Wake Memphis. Was the first one. Yeah, Wake Forest Memphis. Uh, uh, Army was, was, a, was a shipping, and I did bet that one. Uh, Florida International, Florida International might have been the first one. I don't even remember these fucking things. And then Troy plus one and a half. So we're four and zero. Oh, and then going into the weatherman who does not throw this around. He really doesn't. And those who've been listening to the podcast all year know this. It's not like he goes. And nobody on the show has. I mean, G Unit did it like twice, like with this play of the year thing. And so I. So so it was the perfect storm. Uh, kind of like the Rams and Bears was the perfect storm in a negative way a couple of weeks ago that there were a lot of upsets. And so inevitably what I think happened, I don't know, but you had a lot of people lose during the day. And then the Rams were only favored by a small amount against Chicago. And so the bad better would probably load up on the Rams and then get double buried by trying to get out of that hole that they lost on Sunday. This was, I guess, as good of a circumstance as you could have happened for a big loss for what I would imagine. I mean, I would imagine a lot of people who are listening to this, bet the over on Hawaii and Louisiana Tech, but I would guess what they did was they used their winnings from earlier in the day, and he won three games, I believe, on Saturday, and then won one on on Friday, and then took that and might have bet the whole roll or even more on that over, and I think it was 7-3 to three at halftime, and the total was 61.5. And and, no sweat. Yeah, well, I mean, I, what I did was, which was really ill-advised, because it's not like it's not like when you watched that game, you got any indication that they were on the verge of a breakthrough. Um, for example, uh, Joe, and I know you're not on the TMA fan page, but I did post this because the weatherman is becoming uh, something of a, a legend uh, on social media. But I posted during the Wake Forest um, Memphis game. He emailed me, and I wasn't even watching it. I mean, these games, I don't know when they are. Like, there's apparently a game in 45 minutes, and I know I bet it, but I don't know who it is just because he told me to. But he goes, I've never been more confident in a team down 18 points that they're going to cover when they're, like, what were they, a three-point underdog. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what game he's talking about, but I guess that's good for us. And it was Wake Forest Memphis, and they were down 28 to 10 or 27 to 10, and I th- and Wake Forest wound up winning. I actually think, don't they? Yeah, because Memphis missed a field goal yeah. that would have forced. Was that a bad beat? I think they missed three no, field I mean, goals in a row. <laughs> Adam, Wake, Troy, and FIU won outright as underdogs. Yeah, which is one of his things. Although, so he's so I'll, I'll have some pro tips from his perspective on this, which is which is data driven. Um, on his plays, but either way, the Hawaii over play of the year against Louisiana Tech didn't even get a sweat. Now, if you live bet it like I did, and I live bet the second half, which I think was 28, and I live bet a game total in the second quarter of 39 and a half, it covered, but it wasn't like it covered with ease. I mean, that thing, I don't know, you know, sometimes it just does not work out, and he was so bullish on that that I'm sure a lot of people lost, which sucks. I hate that. It's kind of the risk of when you get a guy on a heater, like, G-Unit's on a heater right now. Will people start rolling with G-Unit? I don't know. Uh, and then the other one was last night's game between, what? Do, what I don't even know what it was, Georgia Tech. He loved Georgia Tech. Uh, and Georgia Tech. And, and, and again, watching some of that at the beginning, and I was emailing with him. What was I emailing? Oh, that Georgia Tech was, like, straight up, or that the over-under was 39. And I just said, watching this game, it's clear within a couple of series that Georgia Tech is just not present. And that's going to happen sometimes. I think it could be a risk for Missouri um, that they're – I know Pete, of course, doesn't think that. But uh, but but that that there's a lack of motivation and it's a, when you have a strictly downside game. And it's, it's tough to handicap it. Um, it really is. But that was pretty clear early on. Appalachian State would be another one. I didn't watch that, but he cites that as an example – I can't imagine that many of you listening to this watched it. The, only the greatest of degenerates watched that game. It was like a Saturday night game against it's a Western Kentucky or something, or Middle Tennessee State. That's who it was. Middle Tennessee State, Appalachian State, and it was clear from the beginning that you know that whoever the hell it was that we picked just wasn't there. And so what he, his big thing right now is live betting, 
So if you are sitting around and watching these games, hopefully people are off. I think it's the greatest thing in the world to be off in the week between Christmas and New Year's. It's just the, the fucking best. Uh, and you're sitting around betting on this stupid shit that, that a handful of boosters and people who have thousands of posts on message boards care about, uh, that you can see early on trends, and he has that in his data today. So anyway, the, the, the weatherman's banty that he did not go 6-0, and uh, and also that he announced something as a play of the year, and it was like a, just a terrible bet, although Georgia Tech, I suppose, was worse. And uh, G-Unit, I'm not sure what your banty about outside of just kind of puffing your chest out that you're 9-2 and two over the last two weeks, and actually have won two locks. And considering you were 40% against the spread on your locks, uh, or worse than that, actually. Yeah, about 40%. No, less than that. Uh, to win two in a row is a magical thing. And producer Joe, uh, you are Banty because you are uh, now at risk of finishing in last place after just a matter of a few weeks ago being in the mix to win the whole thing. That's my assessment. Uh, do with it what you want. Nah, it's all very cyclical. Uh, <laughs> I feel so... I, uh, like I said, I feel like an 11-0 in the, pl- in the playoffs is coming up, and uh, that's really what I'm hanging my hat on. So I understand, Gangster Pete, that we have 14 games left to pick. Including today, yes. Including including this week. So yes. six this week, and then three, three, six, three, two, two, one. I believe, 14 I games. I believe that's correct, yes. So the weatherman, who I think might be the most active party of anybody in this whole thing, uh, and God bless him, good, I want his passion, because he's. I know a lot of us are rolling with him, uh, has calculated that the magic number... For us to clinch is five. The magic number to clinch is five. So, producer Joe, you essentially have to go undefeated the rest of the way, and me and the weatherman only can win four games. That is the uh, that is the math on the division clinching. Yeah, I uh, I understand that. Uh, I'm just going to try and close strong because here's the, the legitimate part of it is like I think because we have money on the line and we're all gambling against each other. We all would like to win, but I think for the success of the podcast, the more games that all of us win, the better it ends up being. Yeah, so I, it, I, it, I, I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, and the fact that everybody, for real, say this with sincerity, the fact that everybody is, like I said, I thought G-Unit was 49 and 47, I guess 48 and 48. Who knows? Maybe I fucked up. Um, but I'm 61 and 36, and again, it's not me because I would, I would be right around. I'd be lucky if I were 48 and 48, actually, I think. And that Joe's 52 and 47. I mean, you have a podcast with three people picking against the spread that is way up above 500. Now, granted, it's because one guy's 25 games over 500. But over the last few weeks, I would say body of work, we've got to be well. I mean, the winning percentage against the spread has to be around 70%. And again, part of that is the weatherman. But G-Unit here is 9 and 2. And Joe, I don't think you've had like catastrophic weeks. It's just G-Unit's been on a heater and the weatherman's just in another world. He was 41 and 14 against the spread, which I think was like 75% on the nose over his last 55. Um, and like now gamblers in St. Louis, guys who like bet material dollars are like talking about this guy. But that therefore the risk is, is now that people are on him, now people are losing when, big when, when he doesn't hit. So, and he takes pride in that, man. He's like really on tilt. Like I'm betting whatever, a hundred bucks on these things. And yeah, it sucks when you lose, but it's not like it's, you know, for some people, I'm sure they're betting way more than they usually do and going, fuck, I thought this guy was on, you know, and then it becomes a whole thing. Yes, uh, yes, uh, G-Unit, what can I do for you? And let me tell you, I think these percentages, the win percentages are a little bit uh, a little bit off just because we got to remember we're being forced to bet these Mizzou games. And I think we've all agreed that there may have been one that we would have actually bet. But for the most part, we were like, what the fuck, it's a coin flip. And I think all three of us have been under 500. I know I'm like, what, what like I two and imagine. nine or something. You know, Is that right? I, yeah, I, I'm I know, terrible. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know Joe used that as, as an example. So that's, that's a good point. But, but here's the thing. And, here's, and I will say this. I think this is important, actually, because it is impacting people's money. And so I do care about that, even though it's always, you know, caveat emptor on this shit. But as we go down the rest of the way, I would tell you that this is the last week where I would anyway— recommend following his picks if you're really betting and that's because the rest of the way we're like we're picking a handful of games so you have a really small sample size so we're picking because we have to pick you know this week you have a shitload of games to choose from granted your handicapping motivation uh which is such an intangible but he has a in large what in, in both of them too oh yeah 
Yeah, I mean, like, like I, my, my biggest thing that I that I certainly put the most money in, and for whatever reason I'm comfortable losing on, as I made note of, which is DraftKings, this week is just, this is, I mean, it's usually a lottery ticket anyway if you're playing the GPPs, which are the big tournaments, but this is just, this is where, this is where any dipshit could win, which is why I like my chances, because it's dipshit time. Um, because you have no idea who the hell's going to be playing and who's, who gives a shit, like the Panthers are playing the Saints, and it matters for the Saints, but they're like, well, maybe we'll rush Christian McCaffrey. You have no idea who the hell's going to be playing. Then even if they get up, they might go, okay, you're, you've played a half. That's it. I mean, it's it's clown show time in the NFL in week 17. And, like, I guess the best game, because it's the one that NBC got, is, like, two of the most blasé teams in the Colts and Titans. I mean, shit. And maybe no Mariota. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's just blah. But like I said, for me, it doesn't matter because I'm into the DraftKings. But as you can imagine, the weatherman's not. I don't believe it. Well, anyway. that's the, play, the playoffs are on the line in that game. No, I understand. Oh, okay. But I'm yeah. telling you, I'm saying from an excitement franchise, from a Q-rating standpoint, the Indianapolis Colts and Tennessee Titans would be in the bottom oh, se- yeah. 25 percentile of the NFL. This isn't like the Patriots going up against, you know, take the Chiefs or something. If that game were Week 17 and it mattered, this is this is this. I'm certain at NBC they're not happy that this is what they wound up with because a lot of times they've wound up with the Cowboys on that Sunday night game and it matters. And now it's just this this shit. So anyway, the premise being, and I say this with sincerity. I mean, it's not going to change because most people who are betting on bulls aren't exactly managing their bankroll wisely. Uh, that comes with the territory. But I I do say with sincerity, looking at like what we're doing the rest of the way, picking three games, which includes the national championship game. Uh, and then the wild card weekend, which means what? There are four games that weekend, so a total of five. Yeah. But we're picking three now. That means there's ten bets because you have your side and your total on times times two, so five times two. But either way, that's not how this guy usually works. If you've been listening, you know he's picking shit that you've probably never heard of. Like he loved, you know, things like Florida International, and I'm like, I didn't even know Florida National was a program. I didn't know Butch Davis coached there. But if you love it, I'll bet it. And now it's getting down to, okay, we got, you know, the Texans usually play that shitty Saturday game because nobody likes to watch the Texans. And, you know, you're just like, okay, we got to pick a game. So that's not the way that you're going to win. Now, it doesn't mean that he won't win the games, but that's just where I'm hesitant. I am going to bet his bowl game picks because I can tell you he has been updating these things constantly. So do with it what you want. Like when we're picking the Super Bowl, I don't fucking know. And I know he doesn't fucking know. So... Um, you know, whatever. Do with it what you want. So anyway, producer, yeah, producer Joe texted me. You know, it was well, it wasn't Christmas Eve, but my wife's uh, my wife's father's side of the family has a party uh, the day before the weekend before Christmas Eve and Christmas. And so I'm out there on Sunday afternoon, and Joe texts me, "The bills covered," and I'm just like, "God, did we have the bills?" I'm thinking to myself, "Why we?" You know, I can't believe the weatherman had the bills. He backdoored that shit, didn't you, Joe? Yeah, but it was Joe who got it. Right. Oh, I I walked through that back door, guns a blazing and firing them off. Like it was, it was set up for the perfect backdoor cover, and it and it, and it hit. Which I actually said in last week's podcast. Remember the backdoor that the the Patriots had in their first matchup. Yeah, they're always dancing around that that two touchdown spread. So I so I didn't know what was going. I didn't know what was going on. But I guess Joe, you were just happy that you covered it. But I wasn't watching the game. Um, because, like I said, we were at this Christmas party, and then I'm like, God, did, did I have the Patriots? Because I knew I loved the Patriots, but I also knew that was my pick. So that's why I'm saying if I were picking games, I'd be lucky to be around 500. I love the Patriots, and I had all kinds of Sony Michelle and DraftKings because I was like, they're going to get up big, and then like what I thought with the Rams, uh, that they would just grind clock, and, and Sony Michelle's the player that they're going to go to in that kind of situation. So anyway, uh, along those lines, um, that's what that's – you know, so Joe Joe got that one. Got the Bears minus four. Who are they playing? They uh, playing 49ers. The... Oh, fuck that that fucked me. Me too. What you guys were on the 49ers? Pick yeah. six. Pick six on you know that. Oh, uh... Okay, and then uh, the Vikings minus five and a half. Who are they playing? The Lions maybe. Yeah, that was a good pick. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Rolled them. Uh, all right. So there it is. Producer Joe three and three, but G Unit wins of the week at four and one. With a one and zero on the lock, I went four and two, zero and one on the lock. Joe went three and three, zero and one on the lock. That means through seventeen weeks, I'm sixty one and thirty six. Uh, Producer Joe is fifty two and forty seven, and G Unit is forty eight and forty eight. Uh, we do have a Missouri game to pick for the last time this year. I hate how fast the college football season goes. I hate that it ends with this type of stuff, but alas, it does. And so, minus the two games this coming Saturday, you have. 
exhibition season. So it's time to pick the Missouri game. G-Unit, you lead things off, sir. I'm getting pretty used to this uh, number one on the tee box here. Are you? Yeah, I like it. Second time out of 17 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's what I Are you going to Venmo me the 500 or are you going to I'll pay cash. You're going to pay cash? Oh, good. Thank you. I like that. Here is my... uh, I hope that my losing ways with the Mizzou games continues because I'm going to take Okie uh, State plus eight. Uh-oh. And it, it, it's a— team, are, team Tiger Board lets out a groan. I, well, I've, I mean, I've, I've, I think I've taken Mizzou just, what, twice or three times this, this season? But, I mean, o- Okie State's a weird team this, this year. I mean, they lost their last week. They lost to TCU. You got and a it, line change in your favor. Oh, wow. What do we got going on? Oklahoma State is now plus nine. Holy shit. That's weird. Ooh. So th- hasn't it been eight since it came out? It was eight, a month and then ago? I saw eight and a half this morning. I did see that. Yeah, I saw eight and a half this morning. It was eight mm-hmm. when Joe sent me his picks. It's nine now. Wow. Well, I I love this bet then. Holy cow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, they're just a weird team. So they lose to TCU the last last week of the season, and anyone that was watching that game last night on Wednesday night, boy, is TCU fucking bad. I mean, that was painful to watch. Yeah, I bet the over. I didn't watch it, but I didn't even need a sweat. So so they, they lose to TCU, but, I mean, they they— Lose to, uh, to to Oklahoma on the road, 48-47. They play West Virginia, 45-41. The widest delta of any team I'm familiar with. Now, that doesn't mean there's some of these teams that played in these early games that I'm not familiar with, but no team in college football, for my money, has had games where they've looked as good and beaten great opponents like Oklahoma State or looked as bad where they've lost to bad opponents like Oklahoma State. So it's a t- tough team to handicap in addition to the intangible of bowl season, which is motivation. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I mean, 38-35 to 35 against Texas, 48-42 to 42 against Iowa State, and then they lose by 24 to Texas Tech. I mean, they're tough to figure out, but we know one thing. Mizzou had a very similar season last year to this year. And then what did they do against Texas in, in the I bowl game? I disagree with that. I disagree with that in a big way. What you do you disagree Missouri with? Se- you think Missouri's season in 20 uh, As far as finishing strong? Finishing strong? Well, finishing strong, yeah. Oh, but, I mean, yeah. but Missouri's losses Completely last year, different. they were run off the field. Thank you, Gangster Pete. That means I'm right because this is officially the black and gold corner. Oh, jeez. I mean, Pete. You think Missouri was similar? I mean, they got run I'm off. Not they talking got about the, I'm, not talking, I'm not talking about the, the, the style of play. I'm not talking about anything but the, the wins and losses and, and when they occurred and then what that means leading up to the bowl game. I mean, so it's a very small sample size, but we know one thing. Barry Odom did not get his team well, ready last year yeah, in the bowl so game, much, and they got so, blown out. So it was much embarrassing. Of that was smoke and mirrors based this on that schedule. This is a better team. Well, hey, listen, I mean, you guys do what you will. I'm just telling you. I'm taking Oklahoma State. I hope that I continue my losing ways is this because, I, you know, I'm a Mizzou guy, but I think Oklahoma State's going to yeah. cover this game. I would go over, too. I'm not going to make yeah. that a pick, but I, I I bet you this is a 45-41. What is the total? Mizzou win. 74 and a half. Mm. Uh, all right. I am up next. Actually, I would pick Missouri, and I'm not saying that because most, like, the hardcore Missouri fans hate me anyway, uh, even though I went there and I'm a hardcore Missouri fan. It's a very I weird thing. I don't hate thing. you, Tim. Thank you. Yes, and th- this certainly would be a representative right there with Gangster Pete, uh, but the weatherman is on Oklahoma State, uh, and I think he really likes Oklahoma State, too, and now that we're getting nine, I'm certain that he likes some more because that guy's big on those half points. Missouri, this is what he writes. Missouri has won its last four, which now makes them a touch overvalued. If this game was going to be on December 1st, I'd like Mizzou. However, with four weeks off, Mizzou cools off, but the line is still expensive. The Cowboys play close games. W over Texas by three. Loss at Baylor by four. Loss at Oklahoma by one. Win versus West Virginia by four. Loss at TCU by seven. Of those five teams, Mizzou is only better. Uh-oh. Line up your Tiger Board accounts. Mizzou is only better than Baylor and TCU. Uh, Gangster Pete, I have to thank wow. you. I have to thank you. Wow. Have, I have to thank you are already posting right now on Power Mizzou about that comment. I think I know more about the Tigers than the weatherman. You better <laughs> oh, oh, shut oh, oh, your fucking mouth. Oh, G-Unit's mad now. How dare you? <laughs> G-Unit's mad now. Uh, I like the Cowboys here is what the weatherman says. For real, if I were picking it, I would be on Missouri got nothing to do with home shit it's got to do with i just don't know how much oklahoma state cares and i do think missouri is a motivated team um to finish strong and i really do hope they win to carry this moment because i the thing about this is a brief aside who are you picking joe mizzou uh yeah i uh i since we have to pick a side and i'm, I'm taking missouri this is big for you you, uh, you really but, need this one this could be a big swing for your uh, no Great for your pick. eleven, your eleven and zero. <laughs> Here's Lee Corso it, here. It, Great it, pick. It, it, <laughs> uh, the 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 other side of it is is I I love the total. Um, I love going over in that game. 
But I do think there's a lot of positive momentum in the Missouri camp. Yeah, both Missouri it. and also I think I just Oklahoma State isn't playing some key players. I just I don't know, but I mean I can't I can't go against the weather, man. I'm not gonna like go rogue here. I mean I'm gonna roll with the guy and, and at this point it you know, like I said, unless one of you guys goes undefeated and we go winless, the, the competition's over, so I'm gonna flow with his his pick, but uh I, just, I, th- I really could see Missouri, and maybe it will be like a 40-25 to 25 type thing, not like they'll blow them off the field, unless you consider that blowing off the field. But here's this is just a brief aside, uh, and I don't know where you guys are. Pete's obviously a big Missouri fan, and I just kind of mock that. I overstate it. I'm a huge Missouri fan. I know G-Unit's a huge Missouri fan, and Joe, I guess, likes Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, uh, the Falcons, the Braves, misses the Atlanta Thrashers. So he's, he's, he's Georgia representative. But I'm I, I am confused by like this, this this like the the narrative regarding momentum with Missouri. I think the biggest win for Missouri this year is Kelly Bryant. Yes, but but the, but the that, one, that's what I'm referring. No, and I agree with it. But the one thing the, there's one game on the schedule that Barry Odom won. We're going to call it Barry Odom because so much of this right now is Barry Odom equity, which is great because I did not want to see them fire a coach especially Barry Odom, just because I feel like if he's going to build a program there, he will stay there. Whereas if they brought somebody else in, that guy would leave to go to a, a more prominent program. And so Missouri's got the coaching turnstile. But the only game that they won that was a surprise, unless I'm missing something here, was Florida. And that's a big win. No. I'd really be curious what the perspective from people who cover Florida is on that game. Because I thought Florida looked fucking terrible in that game. and I, But I don't know how much of that was Missouri or how much of that was Florida. I don't know. But so that means in three years, unless I'm missing something, Pete, and you're welcome to chime in, and I'm not, this isn't shitting on Barry Odom, I'm just, I feel like the equity il- illustrates like the the volatility of the Missouri fan base, the vocal portion of the Missouri fan base, where so many people wanted him fired in the moments after the Kentucky game, which I disagreed with, to now he's like the guy because of the Florida win and the Kelly Bryant signing. And I'm just like, well, in three years there's been one win and it's against Florida at the swamp. And don't get me wrong, it's a great win. I'm not downplaying the win. I'm just really surprised like how quickly it changes. And so similar to following the 2017 season where I said, this is going to be dangerous for him because there are expectations attached to A, his roster, and B, connected to the way they finished, which I thought was smoke and mirrors based on the 2017 schedule. Next year, I actually have. I didn't have expectations for this year. I didn't, and mainly because of the schedule. I mean, what was going on from September through the trip through Tuscaloosa was going to be brutal. And then Kentucky actually looked like a good football team for the first five or six weeks of the season and then started to kind of fuck around. But I have high, high, I'm talking 2007, 2013 aspirations for, for Missouri in, in 2019. I really do. And so that that comes with risk, though. It's great because it'll get people talking about the program and ideally showing up and getting some momentum. But he now has risk risk because there are expectations, and the expectations, from my standpoint, are inflated by this dipshit thing that they get in November with playing these guys who are just kind of fucking around in in Fayetteville and Nashville and Knoxville uh, each year, and that changes next year. Uh, and then and then one win against Florida and and the Kelly Bryant thing. And I'm just saying from a value commodity standpoint, at this moment, I would say Barry Odom is overvalued based on performance. And I want him to have great success. I mean, my God, you give me Cardinal World Series, Blue Stanley Cup, Missouri National Championship, it's an insta-call for me. It's Missouri National Championship. And I really want to see the Blues win a Stanley Cup. But that's that's my Missouri fandom on it. But I also have an obligation to tell people what I think, honestly. And I'm just really confused by it. Look at Barry Odom. He's turned around. I'm like, okay. I mean, he won at Florida, but he also just beat— Almost lost at home to Vanderbilt. But he's beat Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. And and the vast majority of programs in the SEC would have done the same thing. So I— so it's an so it's an uh, that's a, this is Missouri college football observation. Do with it what you want, Joe, uh, G Unit, Gangster Pete. Feel free to, to to say whatever you think, or we can just move on to what everybody really cares about, which is the weatherman's picks. Well, I agree with you that Odom is overvalued right now. I definitely agree with that. I think that expectations are way higher for next year. So I'll be more I'll really be looking a lot closer at what he does next year than what I was looking at this year. I mean, they have they truly have, and it's pro- it probably won't happen because things pop up, injuries, unfortunately, because this year. I mean, I, I firmly believe if Manuel Hall doesn't get hurt, they're they're playing. They're, they might be playing Michigan, you know, and not Florida. I think for sure, you know what I mean. 
uh, because they beat, they closed out. And then that storm in, in South Carolina, it's a bad beat. And the Kentucky thing was a bad call. And they also played fucking terribly. And Kentucky played terribly. But whatever, they're 10 and 2. Uh, next year, you're looking at that schedule, and it is—it's a real possibility, Joe, that when Missouri goes down to Athens, they're undefeated. That's—and again, what what are the chances? Fuck, I don't know, thirty-three percent, but still, thirty-three percent chance to be undefeated going into November. That's again, and that's looking at these teams right now, and you don't know who's going to be what. And Kelly Bryan, who knows what he'll be? But but either way, you don't have you don't have Georgia in the third week of the season or fourth week of the season. You don't travel to South Carolina not knowing what they're going to be, and you don't have the thing that's just an automatic bomb, which is going to Tuscaloosa. So Missouri's in this weird spot where they really could be in the conversation in late October because in part of their schedule, but also because there's some momentum. So I really want them to win to carry that momentum over, even though for me I don't care that much about the, these things. I know it do, it does have value for others, and therefore I want to see it work. Any thoughts, Producer Joe, on this? Because you're coming from a non-Missouri fanboy perspective. Well, I, I still disagree with that because I think about a month ago we were talking, like, I want Missouri to be good because it's fun to have an additional game to watch in a state that I live in, I guess. More than anything else, like I don't live and die whether Missouri's good or bad, but it is a lot more fun when they are good. Um, I, I think – when you start talking about expectations and, and whatever it happens to be, I, I think the goalposts move for everybody. You know, Missouri, although what the St. Louis class has been really good the past couple of years, their recruiting grounds aren't like that of other schools. Like they don't have the recruiting that Georgia has in state. Um, and at the same time, they don't have the, the facilities that an Alabama does or a national name like Alabama or Auburn or those other schools, LSU. And LSU's got a great recruiting ground, too. And so I think expectations have to be kind of tempered to what it is that you have. And maybe Missouri is one of those programs that once every three or four years, they're making their run as opposed to year in and year out. Oh, absolutely. And I don't, I don't know if you'll find anybody who disagree with that. But next year, actually, and I'm sure some people are like, what the yeah. fuck's the Missouri schedule that you're talking about? And then we do got to go to the other picks. But uh, at Wyoming home against West Virginia, which will be a different West Virginia team than you saw for the first X amount of uh, months, I guess, this year. Southeast Missouri, home. South Carolina, home. Troy, home. Ole Miss, home. That's just fucking weird, by the way, that they will not go on the road uh, minus at Wyoming until October 19th, and then it's at Vanderbilt, at Kentucky. Then they have a bye week, which is perfect, against yeah. a, a, at Georgia. Why are you why do you, why do you laugh about that gangster piece? It just doesn't even seem real. Like how great the schedule. Yeah. I mean it's just you don't have a better situation. It's like here's your teams, you make the schedule. Yeah, really. It's like what the Plowboy would do with like his dynasties. Right. You know, and then at home against Florida and Tennessee and then Arkansas and Little Rock. I mean holy shit. I mean in the SEC, I don't know if it gets any more. But yeah, now you still have to go to Georgia and you still have to play your SEC schedule and you are playing West Virginia, but I mean, you just don't. That's that's just super rare. Um, and and you and you have expectations. And I do think another thing we've talked a little bit about this on the morning after that um, the fact that their first home game is against the caliber of opponent of West Virginia, and they could be looking to be two and zero. And then you do have the one game against Southeast, but at least it's against Southeast Missouri, and not just like UT Martin or something. Uh, Southeast Missouri was good this year. Uh, and then it's right into South Carolina, you know, on what should be a, a, a some great weather, September 21st, bye week, and then at home against Troy, and then it's homecoming against Ole Miss. So it sets up for good attendance, some buzz. Now you're not back at home until November 16th, which is fucked up, uh, but you will be playing Florida and then Tennessee to wrap it up before going to Arkansas for that Friday after Thanksgiving game on November 30th. So just from a schedule standpoint, that is where expectations can fall in for college football. And you don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe South Carolina will be great next year. Ole Miss will bounce back, or Kentucky will be really good. Missouri hasn't beaten Kentucky since, what, 2014 or something like that? Uh, anyway, it's a brief It's a brief discussion. It's just it's kind of funny to me. Like, Barry Odom was, like, getting chants when he was walking around the bragging rights game. And I'm just like, wow, man, the guy's coached, like, 36 games, and he's beaten Florida. And now he's like a god, and it's just a weird deal to me. And I want him to be successful. I'm happy that that's going on. It needs to happen. But fuck, man, so much of business is like buying low and selling high. And right now, Odom is overvalued. I will say this. I mean, as far as the, the, the Vegas value goes on what Odom's doing, I mean, he's covered the season total each of the last two seasons by half a game. So he's he's he's, he's barely doing above what is expected, which I think at Mizzou, 
you kind of got to be happy with. Oh, oh, I'm not, I mean, this isn't this isn't a case of complaining. Right, I'm right. thrilled. But you if have you, a big season next year. I mean, that's exactly what you're you're, you're hoping to I, get. I think the greatest. I think there's two things that you look at that have nothing to do with a win and a loss. First off, getting Kelly Bryant when you had who you were going up against to get Kelly Bryant and where he was coming from. I mean, that's because Clemson's turned into like if Clemson, if you didn't have Alabama doing what it's doing, Clemson would be considered the class of college football. But they just kind of they're they're a distant second in perception to Alabama. But then secondarily, uh, that that they responded after what was a devastating loss and played the way that they did at Gainesville is a great tribute to him. Even if they would have lost that game, I would have said that. I can't remember when Mizzou's responded like that. I, I mean, ever. Yeah. I, I, it had to have happened in, in, yeah. in the last and 20 Which is years, why but... I'd, I'd really be curious, and I never really do this stuff, but I'd really be curious for the, te- the guys who cover, women who cover uh, Florida, like what they what was going on that day. Just because I watched that game, and like 10 minutes in, I'm like, wow, Florida's fucking awful Was today. that their homecoming? It was a terribly attended game. They played awful. It was never a sweat. And I don't know. Again, when that happens, though, you have to also credit the opposition. So Missouri did something there. I just I just watched it. It's like if Missouri would have beaten Kentucky and then gotten shipped by Florida, I'd be like, fuck. But it was the best case scenario in that of, of, a, of a bad one. If you're going to go one and one, that you lose a heartbreaking game to Kentucky and then you have that kind of response and then you dominate Florida, a top 10 team, on the road like that, as opposed to if they would have won Kentucky and you would have had like the Mizzou like the Barry Odom, this like weird political party of like just servicing Barry Odom along the way. I don't know what that is. I guess you hitched your wagon to him, and so you got to just stick with it. It's a very odd thing. But they played so shitty against a shitty Kentucky team, and it's like, well, now they beat a top-10 team. Where are the critics now? And I've been like, oh, God, now we got to have this argument now. You know, it would have been like arguing with like Tea Party people. You've just been like, oh, crap. Uh, well, this game, this game here is, is important for another reason. I mean, they're sitting twenty three in the in the poll. So if they lose it, we're not going to finish in the top twenty five. And going into next yeah, I year, I know that's the thing. I really want them to win. I'm just looking at it from a value standpoint. All right, I've gone on long enough. This is my fault for going on this long. All right, G unit, the floor is uh, yours, sir. Oh, geez. Uh, so what are you, you're picking four games here before the lock. Four games before the lock. A couple of NFL games that I will say. Uh, the best bet here is really to tease these two games. I think. Oh, a teaser um, recommendation. But but I'm uh, you know we can't sounds do that. Confident. To the pod. I'm gonna, <laughs> it sounds what? I'm confident. Oh, well, it's only because of the game situation. I'm going to say the Ravens minus six versus Cleveland. Uh, that's the Ravens at home. Wow, you're going into the NFL waters. Oh yeah, but and, I mean, hey man, you're on a heater. God bless. Whatever you got to do. And also the Vikings minus four and a half at home versus Chicago. Now these are two, you know, situational bets with regard to the the playoffs. Baltimore needs to win most likely. You, you got to assume that that Pittsburgh's going to win their game against Cincinnati. So Baltimore needs to win to make the playoffs. So what do you think? Ravens minus what? They're minus six, and that's it. Could be a close game because Cleveland's had motivation. I love the Browns. I, I mean, I do too. I like watching them. I like the swagger. But but fuck, it doesn't change that the Ravens are are coached by i think the you know top two coach in the nfl and they need to win but i think it could be a field goal game that's why i think it's better teaser but the one thing that's been consistent in my little run here of late has been the ravens so i'm sticking with them minus six if it's a field goal game they've got the best kicker in the league with justin tucker so if you're looking at that and you're talking six-point teasers on those two games i do agree with that 100 percent. and for the record in your quote-unquote run uh, you've picked the Ravens once over the last two weeks. Well, I don't have the stats in front of me, Tim. <laughs> I think his run goes back a little further. Yeah, my run, I think my run goes back four weeks now. You see, Gangster only printed out these last okay. two weeks. But fuck, I think the I'm the like, magical week in week 14 when you went two and four? What? What, 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 <laughs> what is it? Was week 17? So maybe it goes back three weeks. It must go back. I must have gone four and two, right? All right. Go ahead, okay. uh, Beatrix. So uh, Minnesota, that, that minus four and a half, they need to win to be in the playoffs. Chicago's locked in. The worst they can do is a number three seed. I guess they could move up to number two if the Rams lose to the Niners at home. Yeah, I mean yep. the, the the Bears are pretty much locked in. I mean the Rams, the Rams. I mean if the Rams lose that, holy shit! Uh, the, the Rams and Saints are gonna 
walk. So, yeah, I, Minnesota minus four and a half I love. Another game, it's not, I'm not going to pick, but it could be a teaser uh, possibility. Oh, this is a holiday value play. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles minus six and a half. This is not one of your picks, though. It's just a, it's it's not just one a of my friendly picks. gift. Well, I, in these games, a, a lot they end up being a lot closer than maybe you would think, but most of the time the team that needs to win does, but they just don't win by the, the six or seven, seven and a half points. So I like the Eagles to win. But the, the Washington's defense is so fucking good. It may, that might be a field goal game too. So they're kind of trappy. If you're just if you're looking for the team to win, they may not cover. Um, but I'll take Baltimore and Minnesota. Look out for the Eagles though. Uh, game number three, like the Arizona Cardinals at Seattle, plus thirteen. Uh, Seattle can only move from a five to a six seed, or vice versa. The game really means nothing to them. Uh, they're they're I think overvalued as it is based on what what they've done in the in the national primetime games the last few weeks. Uh, but I like it to be a workmanlike win for Seattle. You know, maybe maybe 20 to 13. Oh, I see. I see Gangster Pete seems like he's ready to jump in. What what'd you say the line was? 13. That's what I got. Okay. okay. Just wanted to have his voice heard. He hadn't been heard in a couple minutes, so I like that. Number Listen to me. four. <laughs> wait, okay, number four. Iowa State plus two and a half. Upset about that hook versus Washington State. Valero Alamo Bowl. That is tomorrow night. Yeah, Friday night, eight o'clock ESPN. Um, you know, Iowa State's seen Mike Leach type offenses a few times this, this yeah, season. I would say so. Uh, Mike and Leach they, gave birth to this crap. And and you know, it's uh, it, it, they've played. Iowa State's played well against Oklahoma, against West Virginia. So. It's not a new thing, and in Washington State is coming off of that snow devastating. Yeah, I think, such I, my understanding hope. is that a lot of the sharps are on Iowa State, so much so that the number has been moving quite a bit. Color me a sharp. Uh, you well over the last couple of weeks, nine and two. It speaks for itself, uh, uh, and a lot of those had pluses in front of them. G unit, by the way. Uh, so G units on the Ravens minus six, the Vikings minus four and a half, the Cardinals plus thirteen, and Iowa State plus two and a half. Here is where. The weatherman falls this week, and this is where everybody has skipped forward to to listen. Uh, here we go. Um, he is on the over of Purdue and Auburn. Uh, he says, I'm leaning Purdue plus three and a half, but I think this will be one of the few over totals we'll see the next few days. Brahm and uh, Malzahn each specialize in offense. And both have four weeks to draw up ideas and concepts for this game. Weather looks like it's going to be clear on Friday for two teams that don't play defense. Pick over 55. Gangster Pete's dying to be heard and giving me a shitty line. What would you like to say? I'm not really dying to be heard, but it's 55 and a half. There it is. He's dying to be heard. you got to pick up the physical tells at the table. That's important. Uh, so I lose a half point there uh, for producer Joe's miracle comeback. That could be critical. Over 55-and-a-half on Purdue and Auburn. Uh, next up, Duke plus three. And this game's kicking off like in an hour, so get, we got to get this out ASAP. I got everything ready. Uh, Duke plus three against Temple. This game's in Shreveport. Uh, David Cutcliffe is 8-2 and two against the spread in bowl games, 4-1 and one at Duke. Another case of a coach who knows exactly what he's doing here. Temple lost their coach to Georgia Tech. Note, this angle has burned me in the Utah State and Appalachian State games, but I should have looked at each team's against the spread record before the picks, and I did not. He is on Duke plus three. Gangster Pete, do we have a, a line change? Nope, you're right on. Duke plus three, and it kicks off. Get it in quickly. Get it in quickly. Uh, next up, Mississippi State minus seven. Oh, oh, that's Iowa. I was like, holy shit, now he's going against Iowa State, but this is Iowa. Uh... Now, I need to ask what your line is right now because he says if it's moved, then move off. Iowa plus seven. Okay, that's what he's got. Uh, I'm surprised by this one here. This is this is a case of I would have taken Iowa, so do what you want with that. Uh, Mississippi State minus seven. Uh, a simple rule in bowls. If you do not think an underdog can win straight up, lay the points every time. I watch every snap of Iowa. Their tight end, Noah Fant is sitting out, and he's their only real passing weapon. I don't know how Iowa scores on an NFL-caliber defense like the Bulldogs. Last five for Mississippi State, win over A&M by 15, Louisiana Tech by 42, lost to Alabama 24-0, and blowout wins over Arkansas and Ole Miss. Iowa went 2-3 and three over its last five, including losses to Purdue and a home loss to Northwestern. 
They barely hung on over Nebraska. Add in the Florida heat and take the Bulldogs. Note, if this creeps up to Mississippi State minus 7.5, pass on this game and look down the list. That's the weatherman's analysis, G-Unit. I mean, do with it what you want. I love it. You like Mississippi State? Yeah, they're good. Uh, I really like uh, – I just think Iowa's a good team. I don't know. But, hey, whatever. I'm, I'm, I mean, you can't you can't fade your broker when he's giving you these kinds of returns. Mississippi State minus seven. And then uh, Miami – so another one today. Wow, you're going to have to listen to this. I'll have to let people know to listen to this thing ASAP. Miami against Wisconsin. Uh, if the, Now I need to get, ask again, what is the total? Because he says if it's 44.5 or below, we get, we're moving off of it. 43.5. He's going. Holy shit. Okay, we're off of it. We're off of it. We're off of it. Wait, I, I, I bet what? it. I bet it this morning at forty-five. The under on Miami and Wisconsin. Forty-three and a half. No, right I know. There. I know. I understand. I mean, I know blinds move. What's the weather I up there? I think in the weather in is the Bronx. I, I think it's just cold though. I don't think it's windy based on the yeah. guys I follow on that stuff for daily fantasy. I uh, like Wisconsin in that game. Uh, Went outright. See, I had this. I wanted to pick it last week. What? I wanted to pick it last week, but I like more games more than that one. But I love Wisconsin in that game. Forty-three and sunny in New York right now. I had this higher, but the falling total is moving it down. This has not been a good year for either program. Wisconsin, a team that is seven and five, should be five and seven straight up, and should be zero and twelve against the spread. Garbage time touchdown versus New Mexico. Miracle at Iowa and the three OT win over Purdue after being down fourteen late. All of my sharp contacts love Wisconsin plus three. I don't at all. I was on Miami at minus three until I saw the chaos from transfers, suspensions, bad quarterback issues. Neither team moves the ball. It'll be cold at Yankee Stadium. Missed field goals and both teams running keep the total under 46 and a half. Only close score that loses would be 24-23. I see this game is 20-14. to 14. But we are not picking it. But I'm just giving that. Uh, so let's see. The best of the rest. God, now this is where I have to actually pick it. I don't like that. There's three other games. Uh, God, I don't know. He's got three games here. He likes the Gators, doesn't he? Uh, he does like the Gators. Well done. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Michigan's got a lot of, <laughs> lot of big time players sitting out this one. Do they? I think they said maybe. I mean, that that's the one that he has ranked next Four highest. Picks. He is. I'll just tell you what he has. I'll just have to figure it out. It's like turning over the cards. It doesn't matter. Uh, Florida, he, has a play, he likes plus six and a half. Ohio State minus six and a half. And Iowa State plus two and a half, which was one of your plays, was it not? Boom. Um, yeah, I'll take I'll take Florida plus six and a half. We got plus six. Uh, all right, so Florida plus Joe, six. Joe, you got to be pretty intimidated that the unit and the weatherman have seemingly been on the same page these last few weeks, and the gap <laughs> is getting ever so smaller and smaller every week. Uh, yep, I feel as though, unfortunately for the weatherman, that he is about to, to meet the G-Unit curse and uh, start trickling uh, the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, the, the G-Unit's 9-2 and two over his last two weeks. Yeah, and therefore the flame is about to go out. Well, we'll figure out our odds. <laughs> we'll figure out our odds in a second. I was just filling oh, the time. As Tim was. I mean, you do this every week. And it then seems Joe like it. it's we're close enough to, to even money here where uh, Joe should... Buck up, but I can't. I can't give the guy a set of balls. Oh God! <laughs> oh my God! Joe, did you, we lose you there? Nope, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> producer Joe, best in the business. All right, before we go any further uh, with producer Joe's picks, uh, we also call it favorites and overs. Uh, this is uh, time for me to remind you that Ryan Kelly makes these uh, studios possible. Without him, we don't have a podcast, and we're entering into 2019. With Ryan Kelly as our sponsor in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly and his team at the HomeLoanExpert.com. Buying a home, refinancing a home. It's Ryan Kelly online at the HomeLoanExpert.com. The best in the business. A great guy who knows his industry. I was having lunch with somebody yesterday, as a matter of fact. And I said, listen, people see Ryan. They hear Ryan. They go, man, what a marketer. And that's, that's true. No question. But the thing that I would tell you about him is when you sit down with him and you talk about his industry, you become very aware that the reason he's been successful isn't just the marketing. It's because he knows his business and can save you money. Buying a home, you refinance, and go to thehomeloanexpert.com. Now, to producer Joe on the Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies uh, phone lines. Uh, producer Joe, you have Missouri minus nine, and you now have four picks. Uh, and I guess, Gangster Pete, you already have producer Joe's four picks. All right, go ahead, producer Joe. Uh, we are going to roll with the uh, Vanderbilt 
Commodores laying four tonight against Baylor. Both teams are six and six. I think Kyle Shermer four and has a, half. a very big game. You just oh, lost a half up. point. You yep. just lost a half yep. point. There's some line movement I still, today. I will still roll with Vandy, uh, especially with uh, the Oregon quarterback deciding that he is going to stay. I think it's one more opportunity for, uh, for Shermer to throw the ball around. So I will lay the four and a half, I guess, in that game. Next up, I will be going over of Syracuse and West Virginia. That is an over 66. Uh, both teams against the, uh, the, uh, the totals this year, West Virginia 7-4 and four in the over, and Syracuse 7-5. and five. I uh, have a feeling very little defense is going to be played, although Will Greer not playing in this game. So you may get a uh, little snapshot of what West Virginia's offense will look like next year. Is that over 66? Is that what it is? Yes. All right. Yeah. Dana Holgerson, just, it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. They're going to, to move the ball. Uh, next up, college football playoff. I will lay the two touchdowns with Alabama. I think this, uh, if you look at the one game that Oklahoma played this year against a team that had somewhat of a competent defense, that was a 28-27 or 35-28 game against Army. Um, everybody else they played, obviously, in the conference is defense optional. So uh, I will take the NFL-style defense with Alabama. I would, would On that game, I know we didn't talk about either one of those games. On that game, unless G-Unit, you're going to bet it as a lock, I would actually, my two plays on it would be betting, I mean, and it's, which I know sounds just ridiculous. I would bet, if I had to pick spread-wise, I would do Alabama minus 14, but I would consider betting Oklahoma money line. And I don't even know what it is. I would guess it's like plus 250-ish, I would think. Plus 440. Wow. Wow. Because I could see Oklahoma winning. I just don't know what Tua's situation is, and I feel like that's such an important part. I know Hurts had that drive against Georgia that probably gives Joe nightmares, but you know, I just I think that team is so much, not so much, but their dominance is rooted in his ability. And if he's not healthier, if he gets hurt, and Oklahoma can do shit that I don't think Alabama's seen this year. Has Alabama seen anything like Oklahoma? Is there anything else like Oklahoma in college football? Alabama well, when they had Tua, but, but I'm not sure Oklahoma's seen a defense like Bama. No, either. I agree with that. I agree with that, which is why if I were like I'm I'm betting Oklahoma money line based on value, and I was talking 250. Now you're telling me 440. Holy shit. All right, Joe, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting all day. That's why we're doing right. a two-hour-long podcast, and I have an 11.15 lunch, and it's 11.25. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and my final play, and uh, I apologize to your father. but uh, Oh, you're going, be, this way. you're going this way. Wow. I will take the, I will take the 12 and a half points, and I will take Notre Dame over Clemson. Now, why are you apologizing to my father? You're taking Notre Dame. Yeah, he thinks he's a I, jinx. I get it, you think, you, you like, think you're mush? Uh, it, it, that could be the possibility here, but I, I really love the fact that they're getting the points. I, I, uh, I, I like, of all of the bets this weekend in the CFP, that's the one that I like the most, actually, is Notre Dame. But I know that I'm in part thinking with my heart I'm not picking it in this. But yeah. I, 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 think Notre, I just think Notre Dame, I don't know what it's about. I actually, I actually do now think that there's some religion bias on this thing, which I never was really cognizant of, but I actually think it's in play, which is a, I don't know, you know, is a, I guess a, Catholic, I guess, by definition, uh, at least by birth, um, that you don't really think about this stuff. But I actually do think some of the people that hate Notre Dame, I think it's about that. And, and again, it's not like everybody, but I actually think it goes on. And so then I think people just like jump on shitting on Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a very good team. Now, that's not to say that Clemson's not. It's just like for them to be close to a two-touchdown underdog is odd to me. That doesn't mean that I would I would bet it all over the place at all. But I really... Uh, like uh, if I had to pick any of these sides, I would take Notre Dame. Plus, is it is it twelve and a half? I thought it was like thirteen and a half. Yeah, it's twelve and a half. Now, why were you and G Unit passing notes like two little uh, seven year old girls here? What's going on? Whenever Joe picks a game that G Unit has, he likes to show me. That's oh. my lock. Notre Dame's my lock. Oh wow 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 wow. Yeah, and I really liked hearing that Joe was on Clemson on that. But Joe's on Notre Dame, baby. Oh, you are. Yeah. What are you listening to? I thought, well, I thought he help. said sorry to your dad. And your dad's I don't an know Irish what that, fan. Well, he is. He's a huge Irish fan. I'd love to watch the game with him. I want my son to see it, but my dad screams. Like <laughs> Joe, my dad used to scream at producer Joe, like when he was selling for us. You know, now, I don't know if it ever got to the levels of like the 1970s, 80s, and 90s when my dad was really firing all cylinders. But when my dad it screams, did. holy shit! And when he screams during Notre Dame, I mean, it's fucking. I remember sitting next to him during the Phantom Clip, as it's known. In Notre Dame lore with Rocket Ishmael um, against Colorado, 
And he was going fucking nuts. But I remember out of the corner of my eye, I saw a flag and I go, fuck, he's going nuts thinking that they just scored a win. Wait till he finds out that there was a flag here in 10 seconds. I got to leave the house. You know, I mean, it's something else. And I want him to win. And I would love it if I could go, you know what, Dad? I'm going to fly you out to wherever that game is. What, Santa Clara? Which hasn't hosted shit as far as good games go. They got Pac-12 games and uh, 49ers games. And have them watch play them, whether it be Oklahoma or Alabama. But I think he just wants to be in front of his TV screaming uh, at the television. I mean, that's where he is. And I hope so big time that Notre Dame wins. Um, I know it's going to be a test, but I just think Notre Dame's, I th- I really think any of these four teams could win the national championship. And I haven't felt that way ever in the college football playoff. Granted, it's only five years, but uh, Notre Dame plus 12 and a half is G units lock of the week. There it is. Uh, my lock of the week is the following. It is a game that producer Joe already touched. It's just a different uh, pick. Uh, and that is Syracuse. And uh, it is Syracuse. Uh, either pick or uh, minus one, but he was minus asked two. He oh, so it's minus two. So he, he was asking me like a day or two ago if he could pick Syracuse money line, and I said, well, I believe our agreements. If it's minus one twenty or below, we can pick it. But maybe that's changed uh, now that they're minus. No, it's 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 the same. It's they're what? minus one thirty. Oh, so yeah, we can't pick it anymore. So that's Syracuse minus two. That line's had some violent movement, I think. Violent movement, I like that term. Syracuse oh, minus two. Oh, because Greer was announced out. That's that, that, well, when I thought that yeah. was announced yeah, a while a ago. ago. Yeah. Well, the line came out. You know, what five weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, it was. but it's moving right now, baby. It's moving right now. Something's These going on here. Something's fishy. Well, the weatherman, this is his lock, uh, and I will read his reasoning. Uh, I like Syracuse even before West Virginia started sitting stars because Babers is the better coach. Now West Virginia is missing Will Greer, their top receiver, offensive lineman, and their coach was trying to get the Texas check job. The Mountaineers were close to winning the Big 12, and now they're having to find motivation for Syracuse. Uh, Let's see. Bonus for listeners, not for the pick six picks. Uh Uh-oh, Producer Joe. Consider an under 66-and-a-half play here as well with thunderstorms very likely in the second half. What the in weatherman the weatherman f- <laughs> is literally the weatherman. The long-term the forecast. Now, the last time I read an email and we all went nuts about it, it was the Hawaii-Louisiana Tech play of the year shit that cost us, probably cost listeners this podcast if you accumulate it five figures for real. I mean, I mean may, who knows? Maybe more. Maybe there's some fucking guy with a bunch of money and a bad problem that bet like 10 grand on it. I have no idea. So do with that what you want. I have no idea. Beats the shit out of me. I'm just running with this guy. I don't, I don't know anything. Hell, I would pick Missouri and Iowa, and he's on Oklahoma State, Mississippi State, which means I'm on Oklahoma State and Mississippi State. So Syracuse minus two is the lock. And for as good as this guy has been, we're only 9-7 and seven on our locks, uh, which is only 56.3. I mean, it's still good, but it's not as good as we would like it to be. But to be 62.9% against the spread over a course of a year is insane. So I, I, I have to tip my cap. And the weatherman is going to be a guest on this podcast at some point. And I'm looking forward cool. to talking. Oh, really? Had, I've never had a conversation with him. I phone, mean, we just phone guest or is he coming in the studio? Uh, phone guest because he's not in St. Louis. But I'm actually interested awesome. in hearing some of his strategy. And uh, before we go to producer Joe with uh, with his lock of the week uh, on Tottenham's over, uh, we have uh, some information here uh, from the weatherman. Uh, pulled down a 4-2, and two, and this is in reference to our uh, record last week leaving us 41 and 16 now going back two full months that is nuts uh, I'm banty over the four and two started out four and0 with my lower rated picks and just assumed the top two would hit and they didn't Hawaii and Louisiana Tech couldn't score and Georgia Tech just didn't show up some thoughts on the overall bowl season that the podcast listeners might be interested in the early to mid bowl games are an in-game betters paradise the battle we're all facing right now is estimating the motivation for the teams in each game. In about every bowl game I've watched, you can tell after two drives by each team how the game will turn out. Example, Utah State. Uh, but that was when North Texas' quarterback got hurt. I don't know. UAB, Appalachian State, I would agree with all those. And Minnesota, I would agree with that. All looked excellent early. All covered easily. Only Memphis looked good early and didn't finish well. But even when Wake Forest was down 28-10, I wasn't that worried. Favorites are winning, but the undertotals are starting to show up. Saw one figure that has the favorites at 11 and 5 so far against the spread. I have the figure is 9, 6, and 1. I had Cal as a favorite, and this guy probably had TCU. Either way, the underdog is one straight up in every game. Some of them moderate underdogs like uh, FIU and Georgia Tech. Uh, pay attention to a team's ATS record against the spread. 
top ATS records for 2018. Florida International, 10 and 2. They won their bowl. Washington State, 10 and 2. Still don't know. Utah State, 10 and 3, won their bowl. UCF, 9 and 3. Still don't know. Troy, 9, 3 and 1, won their bowl. Syracuse, 8, 3 and 1, to be determined. Fresno State, 10 and 4, won their bowl. UAB, 10 and 4, won their bowl. Georgia Southern pushed at minus two, won if you got it at minus one and a half, uh, and they won their bowl. And BYU, uh, they, they at the very least won, and then BYU uh, won. So do with that what you want, uh, but there's some information from the weatherman. You have to go to the 21st-ranked ATS team to find a team that lost its bowl game and didn't cover, and that's Buffalo. Memphis and Middle Tennessee State are the next teams, and they're 40th and 41st. So listen, do with it what you want. This guy has been on a heater. Uh, and I can tell you this, as you can probably tell based on what he's spitting out here, he certainly studies it quite a bit, but he will be the first to acknowledge that this is this is above uh, what he would expect to be. So maybe the regression has begun, like Producer Joe has thought. And maybe, Producer Joe, with this lock here, you will go 6-0, and G-Unit will go 0-6, I will go 0-6, and you will have the greatest comeback in the history of gambling. Uh, it's always very possible, Tim. And uh, <laughs> very possible. You know what? We'll be playing well, this clip though when when Joe picks the Patriots against the Saints, and I pick the Saints against the Patriots, and it determines a thousand dollar prize pool. G Unit. That's what's going to wind up happening here. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, Patriots aren't going to the Super Bowl. Who's going to the Super Bowl? Well, I, I know they're not. I think the Saints will. Well, I understand, but they're in a different conference. So who's going from the AFC? That's what my question was. Well, it won't be the Chiefs either. <laughs> <laughs> Narrowed it down. <laughs> okay, who, who, who you like? You like the Bolts and the, the, the parade through Carson? I don't know. I, it could be the Chargers. I kind of like the Texas as an under, the Texans as an underdog. And I tell you what, if the if the Colts win this week, the Colts are going to represent the AFC. The Indiana Colts versus the Saints. <laughs> That's my call. Pete. That's your call. Wow. <laughs> All right, producer Joe. That's been that's been announced. Oh. Sure, there's a lot of action moving uh, around. People just turned off the that. podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy picking the Indiana Colts. Uh, producer right. Joe, what's your luck? What 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 two group of Englishmen oh, are getting together? Really quick, yeah. Before you get into your lock, Joe, I got myself a soccer guy, and he says Liverpool over two and a half. Uh, against Arsenal? Yeah. YNWA. And he loves the money line, Liverpool, too, in that game. But that's 200, so he can't use it. Just wanted to know what you thought about that. Here's my only problem with it. Uh, Just based on the way that Liverpool have played all year, half the season is gone. They've played 19 games. They've only conceded seven goals. Hmm. So, in more cases than not, you're going to be banking on Liverpool to score all three goals in that game. Since everybody's in the middle of their Christmas fixtures right now, um, there's going to be some squad rotation. Boy, I have but no Liverpool, idea what's being talked about. <laughs> Liverpool will be able to score. I feel like a 2 nothing game is there. That's not my play. Uh, I am going over the three and a half, I guess we're going to have to call it, because the Asian handicapping has it at over three and a quarter. Asian American. Um, so, uh, over... Three and a half for Manchester United and Bournemouth. Manchester United scored five on the weekend. That was a free play that I gave everybody last week. As opposed to the Patreon site we have. They they scored three yesterday. They're still conceding goals. Bournemouth just had five hung on them by Spurs yesterday. Timmy, you brought up Tottenham Hotspur. Yes, I'm a Tottenham Uh, Hotspur guy. (laughs) They they dropped five on Bournemouth yesterday. I actually did see that score scrolling across. Five to one. Yeah. Uh, five nothing. Well, I saw one. Ever- Everton, uh, I think Everton was in a five-one game against Burnley yesterday. Uh, but yes, give me the over three and a half of Manchester United and Bournemouth. There it is, producer Joe's lock is in. I wonder out of the so that's eighteen weeks of picks. How many times you have picked a an American football game? It looks like it's about fifty percent of the time. Uh, yeah, because international break, I won't yeah. play those. And FA Cup weekends or or anything like that, I won't play those. Either way, uh, so you were three and three last week. I was four and two. Unit was four and one. Uh, we haven't had a week where the podcast has been below five hundred as a whole since week two or three, maybe. I I mean I am I'm now scrolling back into week ten, and I still haven't seen one. Still haven't seen one. Still haven't seen one. Uh, looks like 
week uh, seven. You were two uh, and four. I was three and two, and unit was two and three. Um, that's but either way, that's, week. that is really oh, – is that 500? Yeah, if you were one game under and unit was one game over and I was dead on, then – No, I was one game over. He was one game over, and you were two and four. So we were below 500 Oh, so that's there. 500. But either way, I mean, that's yeah. – Against the spread, picking against the spread. That's that's, that's amazing. Game. That ten, really that, ten weeks. That's that's that that really is something. Especially because I think we started off fumble fucking all over the place, yep. and that's when I was making my own picks. That should be noted. Not not a coincidence. Uh, Producer Joe and the Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies phone lines. Mark Hanna, uh, really a good guy, and I've uh, enjoyed vouching for him. As I was making reference to, I had lunch with a group of guys yesterday, and they were talking about just like naming the people who've gotten associated with the podcast and like how they've kind of become. Uh, fixtures, using producer Joe's term, uh, in their respective industries, and Mark Hanna deserves that. Uh, he's at evergreenstl.com. Uh, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. You want to get your finances in order for the start of the year, then make sure you're doing business with Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. That's Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. 314-889-0503 or check him out online at evergreenstl.com. Uh, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Ryan Kelly, HomeLoanExpert.com. Mike Judy presents and Johnny Landoff Chevrolet at Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth exit online at Landoff.com. It is time for us to shut it down. I hope everybody gets a nice, long holiday weekend, and I hope we go on a heater here on this podcast and people uh, can make some cash degenerate wagering on games between teams they've never really watched play. Uh, for Gangster Pete on the ones and twos, for Producer Joe on the Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and for G-Unit here uh, in the Ryan Kelly HomeLoanExpert.com studios, I'm Tim McKernan. Happy wagering this weekend. Best of luck to everyone. This has been the Pick 6 Podcast on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.